This is the Spirit of Leading. Your guide to becoming empowered to lead. Competent, confident, and connected. Someone who can and will make a difference in your workplace, your family, and your community. Just about any day of the year, you're going to see or hear about some volunteer activity in your community. And many of these events that make our communities work are staffed mostly by volunteers. Last year, more than 62 million Americans turned out to volunteer at least one day. And most of those volunteered many days and many hours to lend a hand in the cause of something that improved the quality of life for their community and its residents. Hello, I'm Garland McWaters. And my guest on this episode of The Spirit of Leading is Christy Leonard, who just completed her 2014-2015 term as president of the Junior League of Oklahoma City. The Junior League has evolved into one of the most effective women's volunteer organizations in the world since it was founded in 1901. And today, the Junior League makes its presence known through the efforts of more than 150,000 volunteers in 292 leagues in four countries. Christy, I want to thank you for taking time out to come today and uh, talk to me about your experience as a leader in volunteer organizations. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. Well, I know the Junior League has a real impressive history, you know, not just in Oklahoma City, but every place that it's ever been. How did you get involved? Well, honestly, the way I got involved with the Junior League was through my mother-in-law. I had just decided to stop working to raise my children, and she called me one day and said, you need to get out there and do something. You need to do something other than just stay at home because your brain will turn to mush. Sometimes that happens. And so she encouraged me to join the Junior League, and I did, and the rest is history. Well, now, now you say you started uh, after you started your family. Uh, what, what was Christy like before children? Well, I have a degree in public relations, and I worked first in the nonprofit sector for the American Red Cross as their media relations specialist. And I did that for uh, a few years through several different disasters here in Oklahoma City. And then I moved to the private sector and worked in the marketing department of a local architectural and engineering firm. And did that for a few years and I really enjoyed it. And so when I decided to stay home and raise my family, I still wanted to do something to hone my skills, keep them up in case I ever did wanna re-emerge in the workforce. And I think that's why my mother-in-law suggested the Junior League, because it is such a good place to do things like that. Well, as, as I said earlier, it really does have a impressive record, you know, as, as, as community service and many other things. Uh, what are some of the projects that you found really uh really interesting and beneficial to you personally as you began your work you know, with the Junior League here? Well, one of the tenets of the Junior League is that it is a training ground for women to improve women so that they can go out into the community or out into the workforce and be leaders. And so I really valued the training I got through the Junior League to be a leader. Um, I learned how to set an agenda. I learned how to conduct a meeting. I learned how to take minutes. I learned about every aspect of a meeting that you can think of. More so, I also learned how to be an effective communicator in front of large groups of people. I learned how to 
set up and conduct workshops for people, leadership building workshops, volunteer building workshops. But then I also really enjoyed working in the community. The Junior League's focus is on health and wellness here in Oklahoma City, and Oklahoma, unfortunately, is near the bottom on every health indicator. And the Junior League is striving to change that, at least in our community, through working with after-school programs, teaching children how to make healthy snacks if they're home alone after school. Um, We partnered with other agencies to do a Couch to 5K program for some kids so that they could learn how to take care of themselves physically. Uh, We also worked with seniors in the community to make sure that they had a healthy meal or they had someone to talk to um, for their mental health, for the emotional health. So really the Junior League, their effectiveness in the community runs the gamut. It's not just with kids. It's not just with schools. It's the whole wide range of people mm-hmm. and issues here. That's going to take a lot of people to pull that off. It uh, does. We, The Junior League of Oklahoma City boasts over 1,000 members. 400 of them are considered active members, which means they have a community service requirement that they have to fulfill annually. So that's over 400 women out there in the trenches working on these projects. How do you keep all that going? How do you keep all that organized and people engaged and things like that? Well, I think that's one of the wonderful things about volunteers is they're there because they're passionate about what you're doing or they really care about their community. So keeping them engaged and keeping them motivated is not really that much of an issue. The problem is you can get burnout because you jump in with both feet and you're all in and all in and doing everything you want and can to fix something and then you get tired. Mm -hmm. So really um, that is the challenge for the Junior League is to make sure the women pace themselves so that they don't work themselves to the bone and decide, oh, I just, I need to take a break. Right. And I can see how that could very easily happen because Mm -hmm. like I say, when a person really gets involved in something and they're really into it, they want to just do more and more and more of that. That's one of the precepts of being motivated anyway is that you find a value in something and you find a, a personal uh, payoff for yourself in terms of the satisfaction the things that you're doing that you feel good about and you just want to do keep doing that well and that's similar to um, people being in their career and loving their career they become what you call a workaholic well you can absolutely become a volunteeraholic you want to do it all the time and it's important to be able to take a step back and realize there are other things in your life you need to focus on so that for lack of a better term you can have it all and mm-hmm have a healthy family and have uh, relationships and do your job and volunteer. Looking back on the things that you were involved in, was there some, was there a project that you did that was really something that was special to you that you just really bought into and hated to let go of it when it was time to let go of it? Oh, (laughs) there's so many. There's so many. There's one that we laid the groundwork for my year as president that I'm not going to get to continue with because I'm retired, so to speak. And that was to create urban gardens in our city schools. So many of the children in our school um, live in what is called a food desert, which means they are not close to accessible foods other Mm -hmm. than at a 7-Eleven or, you know, other types of gas stations. There is no um, grocery store within walking distance of their house. Um, And that's important to say because a lot of these people don't have cars. They rely on public transportation. 
So the idea is, is to make these urban gardens close to the schools, teach the kids how to garden, what is healthy, and let them get their hands dirty, plant the seeds, see it grow, and then they get to taste the fruits of their labor. Um, and we have found that children that engage in that type of gardening are more apt to try those fruits and vegetables that if they came in a can or were just served to them, they probably might turn their nose up. Right. So that is, I'm so thrilled that they laid, we were able to lay the groundwork and it's coming to fruition this year. We're going to plant, I think, three this year. And I'm really excited to see how that goes. That we'll be excited to see how that happens and how those uh, kids react to having done something and then see what happens as a result of actually what they did from the start to the finish mm-hmm. and get to, you know, like you say, enjoy the fruits of their labor that way to see something all the way through like that. Right. It's so uh, that really is kind of in a very subtle way. That's a very life changing experience. Well, we hope so, because we hope the kids will go back to their parents mm-hmm. and say, look what I did. Look what we can do in this little plot we have in our backyard. Or if we go buy a window box for our apartment and we could plant these seeds and we could do this and then we could have peas or green beans or squash or whatever sure. it is, because a lot of times these parents haven't tried it either. And speaking of life, kind of life-changing experiences, did your eyes open to, to certain things that you hadn't really noticed before or have experiences you went, oh, ha-ha, I mean, I never really realized that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I hate to say that I grew up in a bubble, but I really kind of did. I'm from small-town Oklahoma, and we all knew each other, and we all were pretty much in the same socioeconomic level. We didn't have really, really rich people in our city, but we didn't have really, really poor people either. Um, And so when I started working with the Junior League, I really saw that there is a lot of poverty here in Oklahoma County. And it is gut-wrenching when you know that some of these kids aren't eating except for their school lunches. They're not getting food at home because the parents can't afford to pay to feed them. And it's not for lack of effort because I don't want people to think, oh, well, their parents are lazy and they're not doing this. That's not necessarily the case. The majority of them are working two jobs, three jobs at minimum wage because they don't have the education to, for higher wage jobs. And so, um, you know, I just always tell my kids how lucky they are, how fortunate we are to live in a great country, but also that both of their parents have college degrees and are able to provide this life for them that other parents just can't, not for lack of effort, just we're not um, given the same deal of cards that we were given. Well, I think that uh, leaders that I've been familiar with over the years and and leaders I've read about and heard about and and try to model some of my own leadership ideas after uh, have been people whose eyes have been opened. Mm -hmm. Uh, They see a broader landscape than a lot of other people who never see much outside of their own narrow experience. And because they have a much broader view and a more diversified understanding of what's going on in a larger context, are able to make choices and lead people and, and give people uh, other points of view that may be missing if they didn't raise those. Uh, as, uh, as you look back on your, uh, the years you spent in the Junior League particularly, uh, what do you think were some of the, the things that, that became part of who you are that led eventually to your continued success you know, in the Junior League and on up into the presidency? Well, 
I surrounded myself by with competent and capable women, very interesting women, smart, such such smart women that are in junior league. And I acted as a sponge when I was first there. I just soaked everything up that these women said because the junior league ha- is full of community leaders, and they're not simply on nonprofit boards, but there are attorneys, there are police officers, there are doctors, there are accountants and bankers all in the junior league, all with a wealth of knowledge that they want to share with you. And it is just, has been such a thrilling experience for me to see women in those roles that maybe the rest of the country doesn't necessarily see this because they think of the stereotypical stay-at-home mom, which I am. Um, but it was so exciting to me and exhilarating to see that, no, there's women out there leading these companies and starting their own businesses, that type of thing. Um, but I also really love to see the passion they had for Oklahoma City, for families, for furthering um, the mission of the Junior League, empowering women, empowering people to make their own lives better. Rather than just receiving a handout, you get the hand up. Mm-hmm. Was there any particular uh, insight or skill that uh, that you developed uh, during your, exp- your early experience in the junior league that you say was something that really, really helped you as you ascended into uh, being president of that organization? I think the best one would be listening. I am a talker. I always have been. And I have definite views and opinions, and I like to share them. And... That is not what makes a good leader. A good leader is someone who listens and can help guide, but also is willing to look at things from many different sides. And I was not good at that when I first joined the Junior League. I knew what needed to be done, and I knew exactly how it needed to happen and who needed to do it. Um, And through working with the Junior League and all the training that I received there, I now see that, no, there's several different ways that can Mm -hmm. be done. There's a lot more you can achieve if you can motivate others to do what they want to do in the way they want to do it, as long as you're heading towards the same common goal. So really listening, I think, is the biggest new training that I got from the Junior League. Isn't that interesting? That, that, that when I, In my, my training experience, people were always uh, asking me to do communication workshops or things of that, like that. And and one of the things that comes up over and over and over again is the issue of listening. Exactly. And one of the Uh, points that I learned from these types of trainings is that it's okay to have silence in between the conversation because that's when you need to formulate your response not while like you said not while someone else is talking it's okay to let them finish and say oh that's really interesting point let me think about that for a second and really just take a minute to absorb it before you respond and a lot of people are scared of that silence it's very uncomfortable for people Let me just mention that I'm visiting with uh, Christy Leonard, who is the immediate past president of the Junior League in Oklahoma City. And we're talking about her experience as uh, a leader in that organization, working with volunteers, and also how she came to be in that position. And I know, Christy, that uh, finding yourself uh, in front of the group and people are looking to you to lead the way, uh, how, did, how did that affect you as you began thinking about what your 
role was going to be moving from, say, a board member or a project leader into now you are the person up front? Well, I'll, I would be lying if I said it didn't scare me the first time I had to make the decision, a decision that um, didn't have to go up farther in the chain of command. That is scary the very first time. And you think, am I really qualified for this? Do they really know what they're doing by putting me here? But they absolutely do. If especially in the junior league, if they didn't think you could do it, they wouldn't put you there. So you need to surround yourself with intelligent people and smart and capable people. And then you really just need to get out of the way and let them do their job. There is nothing, I think, more disheartening than a micromanager. And people don't respond to that. And I have seen as a leader that if you, are, if you give clear directions on where you want to go, Make sure everyone's on board with what you're trying to achieve and then just get out of the way and let them do it. They're more apt to come back to you and say, okay, now what do we do? Or now what do you want to do? You have to build that credibility with them first or else they're not going to listen to you when you do make those tough decisions. So realizing, Christy, that you've been down this road now, you've ascended to the presidency and uh, you're standing in front of the group and you're, you're seeing these new young women come in for the first time who are just now getting this opportunity. How do you feel when you look at them? Well, first off, it's just exciting because they are so overwhelmed by all the powerful women in the room and they're so excited to be a part of it and they're so ready to get into it and do it that it proves that the Junior League is doing great things because we're still attracting these type of women. Um, there's also a lot of responsibility there to make sure that you can channel that energy positively to make sure that their experience is a good one, a positive one, and that their buckets, so to speak, are being filled, that the reason they're at the Junior League is the reason they stay at the Junior League. You were there once. You were, in, you were mm -hmm. that new person in the room, and now you've had this experience of uh, several years with the Junior League and being a president. Who are the mentors you look to? Who did you find as the people who really helped you find your way into that leadership place? Well, one of the things the Junior League does that I think is so great is they build in mentors to your position. So if you are a committee chair or a board member, a board chair, you have what's called a sustaining advisor. And a sustainer is a woman who has come before you. She is typically over 40. Uh, is no longer an active member, meaning she doesn't have to do any of the community service hours that active members have to do. But she has the knowledge and the skill set that can help guide you through your year of your placement or your position. And there were several women along the way here in Oklahoma City that I tapped into to serve as my advisors for the different committees that I led. And they all were instrumental in helping me refine my skills and make sure that I was ascending the ladder the way that I wanted to in the way that they thought I could. Have they remained uh, confidants and mentors to you over the years? They have. We can still meet for coffee sometimes or just talk on the phone or email. They're all my Facebook friends. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a great way to connect and keep in touch. And Another great thing about the Junior League is that all of the past presidents get together once a year for a luncheon and basically um, pat the current president on the back and tell her what a great job she's done. And just to prove to the outgoing president and the incoming president that, hey, you have 60 women here who are ready to help you. Just 
give us a call, tell us what to do, and we'll do it. That sounds exciting. It's a great group of women. It is. You walk in there and you see, oh my gosh, that person founded this company, or oh my gosh, she's board president of that. And it's just, it's awe-inspiring. It's also going to be awe-inspiring and almost can be overwhelming almost to say, I have this opportunity to really be close to these people who have had so much experience and done so much. Mm-hmm. As as you look at uh, the role of women growing and growing and growing, at least in, in a more visible way, it's being even more expected now that women step forward, step into these leadership roles, and they're being, in a sense, uh, groomed and cultivated and encouraged to, to do so. Uh, what would be the advice that you would give to someone uh, who is not quite sure if they're cut out for it, if they're a little reticent, they kind of hold back, they're not sure if they have the confidence or the right stuff to step into a leadership role. What, how would you encourage that young woman? Well, first off, she absolutely does. Um, you don't hear men saying, I'm not cut out for this or I don't have self-confidence. Have you ever, ever heard a man say, I don't have self-confidence? Not no. in public. <laughs> exactly. They fake it till they make it. Women don't do that because we've been taught, oh, just sit there and be quiet and nod and be pleasant and that type of thing. And the boys aren't necessarily taught that way. So it's changing because I certainly was not taught to be quiet. Um, And the girls younger than me were not taught that way. So it's coming. But I would just tell that woman who might not feel like she's there yet, but she'll get there. And even in the best of days, I would say that the president of the United States even probably has bouts of anxiety or did I do the right thing? And he's the leader of the free world. So nobody is perfect. Um, You just, you got to trust that you're going to make those right decisions. And if you do make a wrong decision, that's okay. We, We all make bad decisions or poor decisions or just maybe not the best one for that time but you're doing the best you can in that moment and don't be afraid as Sheryl Sandberg said to lean forward and get in there and just try That's right. don't sit back because if you sit back someone else is going to take the opportunity mm-hmm. well that is good advice and it's good advice for everyone not just uh, for young women who are seeking to move into these roles but also men as well because like like you say we I think men have a tendency to uh, you know, want to show their show uh, their macho side and and fake it till they make it. And of course, they make a lot of mistakes faking it that way till mm-hmm. they make it as well. But I, but I do know that uh, that men are somewhat reluctant sometimes to step out there and they don't have a lot of confidence. I think there's a lot of things that you've said that could be very important to their confidence confidence as well. Uh, so what's next? Uh, what's next for you? I mean, you've done this part now. There's, there's got to be more. What's, uh, what's next for Christy Leonard? Well, I am kind of relaxing this summer. It's the last summer before my son starts driving. And I figure once he's 16, I probably won't see much of him anymore. So we're doing a lot of family time. I'm very fortunate that I am able to do that. I have already gotten involved with another nonprofit that I'm working on a special event for this fall. And then... Um, we'll just see what happens. I think once both of my kids start driving, I'll probably look at maybe going back into the workforce, doing something like that, whether it's in the private sector or nonprofit, I don't know. But um, I don't want to just sit back and say, well, that was fun, and then just not do anything more. I think I still have a lot to give to our 
community um, and to my friends and to my family. And I just am looking for the next opportunity. Well, that's uh, that's great to hear. I'm sure we're going to be hearing and seeing a lot more of, of you in the future. And uh, so I think, want to thank you so much for taking time to come by and talk to me for a few minutes about your experience in the Junior League. Thank you very much. I'm so excited when I get to further the mission of the Junior League and tell more people about it. Well, we certainly uh, hope that you'll continue to be a spokesperson for that organization because I know that uh, there are a lot of young women who are looking for their opportunities to be involved. And if it's not the Junior League, it may be something like it. Because I know in, in, in volunteerism, that uh, that there are so many opportunities out there, as you were talking earlier, to really get engaged and get involved and be a part of something special. Right, and there are lots of wonderful civic organizations, community-wide organizations, organizations within your own um, business that you could get involved in. And I would encourage everyone, man or woman, to spend some time giving back to the community because your eyes really are opened. For sure. Well, I want to thank you, Christy. I've been talking to Christy Leonard, who is the immediate past president of the Junior League of Oklahoma City, on this episode of The Spirit of Leading. So I, give, I want to thank you for listening and, and encourage you to not miss out on any future episodes of The Spirit of Leading. You can subscribe to my blog at empoweredtolead.com, and you'll get a notification in your email of when a new podcast is available. Or you can also listen and subscribe on iTunes Podcast or on Stitcher. So I encourage you to go forth in the spirit of leading, to live it each and every day by encouraging the spirit, enlivening the heart, enlightening the mind, and enlarging the expectations of yourself and in others. I'm Garland McWaters, and in the spirit of leading, live each and every day empowered.